The following podcast is a She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg, and I'm the creator and founder of She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com, your self care and wellness resource with a twist, of course. My intention is to share valuable information, tips, and tricks to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Thank you all so much again for tuning in. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. Guys, this is all free and valuable content coming your way two times per week, so um, I would definitely subscribe if I were you. Um, And I'd also love your feedback, so go ahead and leave a review if you are finding these episodes helpful. I would be so grateful. So let's talk communication and self-awareness because that's what this entire episode is about. Communication and more importantly, how you communicate uh, can determine the outcome of a situation and self-awareness goes hand in hand. And if we can learn how to be self-aware and understand different personality types, we will automatically know how to respond. But let's make this super clear, and I brought someone on to make this super clear. Today, I am joined by Dr. Lisa Ecole. Uh, This episode was so eye-opening. This woman is so beyond brilliant, doing amazing things in this world, and I think you are going to learn a lot from her. As a leader myself, it gave me a few new ideas to shift my perspective um, to understand people better. So she's a professional and inspirational speaker, an educator, a certified coach, a certified human behavior consultant, a certified diversity and inclusion professional. She's trained in neuro-linguistic programming. She's an expert in physician engagement and a philanthropist with two doctorates. Wow, like she's doing so much. Uh, Dr. Lisa currently worked for a Fortune 25 company as senior clinical consultant for physician engagement. Prior to that, she was a top performing director of a hospital pharmacy. She's also well known for teaching about collaborative relational intelligence, which she's going to talk about in this episode, and the double rhodium role. Dr. Lisa profoundly transforms people's lives and organizations through the application, coaching, presentation, and training using these leadership techniques designed to raise self-awareness and other awareness on how to intelligently collaborate with others to promote diversity and inclusion. The proven benefits of implementing these techniques include helping individuals, practitioners, and leaders at all levels switch from the old transactional approach to a more inspiring, collaborative, and relational approach that leads to effective communication communication and outstanding relationships. I am so excited and grateful to have her on this episode. If you can't tell already, she is beyond qualified. So get a notebook, get a pen and paper, take the notes app out in your phone because you are going to learn a lot. So let's dive in. Hi, Dr. Lisa. Welcome to the She Did It podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Sydney. I am really very excited to um, just speak to your audience about a passion of mine. Yeah, and you and I hit it off the first time we spoke and had a lot in common, and you've done so much in your life. You are filled with so much valuable insight. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do and let us know how you got to where you are today? Okay, so, you know, my background is pharmacy. I have a doctor of pharmacy degree, and it's really very interesting because, you know, I do something that is really kind of like not too different, but really very necessary in the healthcare world. So I would introduce myself as um, an expert in shifting dynamics 
within relationships and organizations. And I do so by breaking walls erected based on false assumptions, using very simple, practical, and inspiring techniques. Um, and all of this, you know, comes under the umbrella of collaborative relational intelligence, um, mm -hmm. a leadership framework that I put together or I'm the proprietor of that I finally put together after my second doctorate. Um, after my doctoral pharmacy, I pursued a, a, a PhD in health services focusing leadership and public health. And um, so that's who I am. And that is what I do. Uh, I take this knowledge into the pharmacy world, into um, different sectors, um, like, you know, the banking system, the religious system and the healthcare, and it's making such a huge difference. So you and I talked about leadership a lot because what you're doing has a lot to do with leadership, right? And you're, um, and I love how you choose to see things from a different angle and a new perspective. And that is really impactful and what's helping to make such a big difference, right? So what is your definition of leadership? Well, basically for me, leadership is the um, being able to inspire yourself and others so you work towards the same goal for a win-win interaction. Mind you, I use the word inspire and not motivate because there's a big difference between right. inspiration and motivation. So in a nutshell, that is what leadership is all about. Now, I want to just stress on the fact that leadership has changed a lot with times because um, we've moved from different ages in life from gathering, hunting, you know, manufacturing to technology. And now we're in a relational age in which relational, how we relate to each other, it's really what makes the difference. And so leadership now to me, it's actually seen in the light of collaboration um, and how intelligent we are when relating to others. And I mean, maybe we can talk a little bit more later about what collaborative relational intelligence really is. But that is the that is really the foundation of what collaborative relational intelligence really is. Um, it's a type you, of leadership. Can you tell us what that, it is? Yeah. So collaborative relational intelligence basically is. Um, by the way, how did this come about? When I did my PhD. Um, dissertation. I worked with Dr. Richard Osman, who studied relational intelligence. And what I did was I did an intense research with physicians and pharmacies on collaboration and inter, you know, personal, uh, professional collaboration in the hospital. Because I just had a thing for collaboration coming from a third world country where you know healthcare is not really the best. Getting medications, it's really very costly. And it dawned on me, you know, as a practicing pharmacist that we spend billions of dollars in America, in the United States, um, towards uh, medications. And they say, this is, all of this does not just go towards medication, but it goes towards waste due to lack of collaboration between pharmacists and physicians. So when I pursued my second doctorate, I was really going home about really researching, you know, what leadership techniques, you know, or what interpersonal techniques are there that we as healthcare professionals can use to be able to kind of like bring down this amount of money because that's a lot of waste. 
And in doing that, I came about with collaborative relational intelligence, which um, I came about with collaborative relational intelligence. And the reason why I added collaboration to relational intelligence is because I realized that in everything we do, if collaboration is lacking, it does not really, really make sense. So collaboration is the ability to gain value in the differences that everybody brings to the plate. So what is collaborative relational intelligence? Collaborative relational intelligence is a relational model of human behavior that is intentional. And it starts with knowing yourself, understanding orders, gaining value in the differences and applying this knowledge to achieve a shared or win-win interaction. And I say collaborative relational intelligence breaks new grounds in emotional intelligence. So the key thing here is it has to be intentional. For us to be able to lead and succeed as leaders, we have to be intentional. Uh, we have to know ourselves. We have to understand others and not just understand people as a group, but from an individual standpoint. And our goal is to have a shared or win-win interaction based on how they want to be treated. So that is what collaborative relational intelligence is all about. So um, this is very practical. It is practical because throughout my years, I have two doctorates and I've you know, read about different leadership trainings and, and I hear about innovation, transformational, and you, I wanna do all of this just like others, but you know, putting it into practice becomes really very challenging. And with collaborative relational intelligence um, from the beginning, I mentioned how it is simple, practical, and very inspiring because um, it's a leadership program or framework that, you know, after one hour listening to it, you're able to apply it. It is very practical and you can see the difference because it goes to tap into the psychological part of what leadership really is all about. So um, maybe I just take a break here and I throw in one part of leadership that we're really missing, the psychology, human psychology is really very important when it comes to understanding mental processes and behaviors and why we do the things we do. I have done lots of research in spiritual, cultural leadership, and you name it. They tell you to do all these things, be good, be kind. And sometimes you're good to one person, it is okay right. with them. But when you take that same goodness to this other person, it's a turn off, it's a turn off. And sometimes you walk into work. a room, yeah, you like somebody and the next minute you don't like the next person. So what is going on here? So I realized that when we start by understanding the mental processes, the psychological currency of leadership, that is what it is. And we put it in perspective, everything falls in place and it makes life um, really, really easy. And the leadership concepts and practice and terminology begins to make sense. So we collaborative relational intelligence, we focus on self-awareness, other awareness, and then how to blend in and adapt to different personalities. And we can dig deeper for that. Yeah, I, w I really want to get into that. And I want to get into self-awareness because I feel like if you want to be a good leader, you have to be self-aware and mindful of your actions. And, you know, you and I actually talked about changing, you know, your, your unique qualities depending on the person, not changing yourself for that person, but just how you speak to them. Um, but before we get into that, I want to, I'm just curious because you work with a lot of leaders. What is the biggest mistake that leaders are making today in life and in, in business? I think the biggest mistake I see is that um, a lot of leaders 
and they are doing it unconsciously. As I is still, right. still using the old transactional way of leadership, because statistics have shown that 90% of leaders, you know, say that collaboration is needed for them to be successful, but yet only 30% say their organizations really put that into practice. And this is research from, from the Center for Creative Leadership. So they understand that collaboration is really very important, but, you know, they don't put it into practice or when they try to put, because when you go to many organizations, they talk about teamwork and collaboration, but they really don't break yeah. into, go down into details to tell their employees how this works. And some of them don't even really understand it. So it starts with you understanding yourself. That is a self-awareness part of it that it's really very important. But before I even get into self-awareness, the other thing I think that a lot of leaders are really missing and not really understanding when it comes to leading is that communication is just 7% what we say, okay? Can you imagine 93% is due to non-verbal um, um, techniques, just like, for example, 55% of communication is due to physiology or body language, and then 38 is tonality. Only seven is based on what we say. And um, I don't think that, you know, a lot of leaders have grasped with the idea. And when I say leaders, um, a leader could be a mother, a child. So long as you have somebody under you, you are a leader. You know, even sometimes we have to lead ourselves. So when it comes to leaders from a micro level, one on one to big organizations, um, they've not really grasped the concept of what it really means to lead, because leading really means being able to communicate with people in the language that they would understand, but this language is not necessarily our voice, you know? Um, so our body, our, our voice tone, our body language, and that is where rapport comes in. Being able to build rapport with people, your employees makes a huge difference because that leads to conflict avoidance and conflict resolution. And Rapport to is really very important because if you're going to persuade anybody, you have to learn how to build rapport with them. And for you to be able to build rapport with anybody, you have to be able to learn how to understand them and to listen to them. So a lot of that is being missed, but you listen to them as an individual using their own, from their own unique perspective as unique um, individuals with unique personalities. So usually when I go around and I give these presentations and I do workshop, the biggest takeaway is, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this person was just wired this way. I thought they were mean and all that. So this is what we're dealing with now. And in this relational age where experiences is really paramount, um, we need to start doing things differently. So what is one tip? Like how can we better understand people and be more aware of other people before we get into the whole self-awareness thing, because I think, you know, obviously that's the biggest part of this, but what's one tip to better understand people as a leader? To better understand people, the one thing that I think every leader should know is that as individuals, we are all unique. So you want to understand people from an interpersonal level, which means from their from the personality perspective. So knowing that there are people that will talk too much, there are people that will move slow, there are people that are more analytic, there are people that are more critical, there are people that are more, you know, uh, outgoing. And when you understand people from this perspective, 
you know, things become different. So I call it opening your CRQ eyes, your collaborative relational intelligence eyes. Because when you realize that um, this person moves fast, but the reason why this person moves fast is because of this, everything changes. And you learn how to adapt and blend in to that personality and you approach them in that manner, everything changes. So that's the biggest tip. And that's another very crucial way of building rapport. Because um, Sydney, rapport, people like people that are like them, right? And so when somebody builds right. rapport with you, you eventually like them, right? So being able to build rapport with your with your employees and those around you is very key. People like people that are like them or people that they want to be like. So being able to study them, and I have some very easy techniques that takes 20 minutes for you to be able to just look at somebody and know how to build rapport with them for a win-win interaction all the time. What is one What is one way, just one little tip that we could give the audience to let them know, you know, how they can do that right away? Okay, so right away, I'm going to give, give away this tip. So for the self-awareness part, um, it's being able to understand your, this personality, this is a very powerful tool that, you know, was brought about by William Madison that started the lie dictator test. In summary, it tells all that people, people's personality is divided into four main category. You know, the D for dominance, I for influencer, S for steady, C for um, conscientiousness. So it is how we do what we do. So, um, when I train or I do workshops on how to be able to read people's personality and know how to interact with them or approach them and understand them, I teach you how to be able to read somebody's personality and say they are outgoing or they are reserved. Once you can break it into these two categories and you know what an outgoing person would like when it comes to approach, how to talk to them and the space, you know, immediately you know how to approach that person right there. And it's very easy because there are just some very easy body language that they will use that will make you know that they are reserved. And then we break it now into the other four, into the other two. So outgoing and tax oriented. And then we break it now into either the D type, domineering or directing or the I influencer or the S steady or the C conscientious. So when we break them into these four different personality types, you know, after talking about the different personalities of, of, of each individual, it's very easy for anybody to walk out there and catch. So for example, now, when you see somebody that, you know, when speaks and moves and has like very big gestures and stuff like that, but yet does not want to, it's not very close and touchy touchy with people right off the bed. I know that one, they're outgoing too. There might be a deep personality because though they are outgoing, they use this very big and bold, you know, gesture. They don't like you to come too close to them because you know, a D and an I are outgoing, but an I personality is somebody that will want you to be around. The moment you see an I personality, there will be the one that will come close to you and say, hey, how are you? You look nice and stuff like that. A D personality yeah. goes straight yeah. into the point. They don't like small talk because they're always thinking in terms of what is in there for me. They dive straight into oh. what is important for them, yes. But an outgoing S is, an S is obviously not, sorry, an I is obviously outgoing, but then the difference between an I and a D is that we'll first of all start by either giving you compliments or, you know, they, 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 they ask you how you're doing, they start with small talk. So right there, you already know how to deal with these people. 
And then on the reserve side, you see a C personality and an S personality. They don't move their arms too much. They're kind of like on a low key side. You see they are big listeners and they really show a reserved, um, how do you call it, outward look. So right there, I'm able to, whether I go to China, Africa, if when I can differentiate people between whether they're outgoing or reserved, already I have techniques that I can step forward to know how to deal with them. So for example, people that are reserved, they want you to, when you're talking, don't move your arm too much. Give them time to think. Do not overwhelm them with too much information. You see what I mean? So um, we can go into other details. Yes, but the Dick's personality is a very powerful tool that I incorporate in my leadership technique to be able to help people to be self-aware and order-aware. So, for example, D personalities, I say they are naturally born leaders, but you can be any personalities because we all have the ability to adapt. They say the way our brains, our brain can process 100 trillion facts, so we are not even utilizing the brains, you know, that we are giving. So when we stay very focused and we're intentional about what we do, we can be able to be a great leader as a D, but then we just have to expend some energy. Okay. So now, okay. okay. So, so it's just a little bit more effort and what is it that you desire? Who is it that you want to become? So leaders have to be able to be fluid in being able to talk to people based on the language they understand. Right. For example, if you have a boss that is a deep personality, when you walk in there to present a matter or you have an employee that is a, a deep personality and you want to maybe coach them or give them some kind of employee um, developmental information, you go straight to the point with them and you tell them what is in there for them. You tell them that, listen, this is where you are. But in two or three weeks, if you are able to climb to 80 percent, this is what you get. Immediately you get their attention. Immediately you make them feel valuable and then you give them a choice. You always want to give deep personality choices. For example, I have a son that is a deep personality. If I tell him that, listen, you have to go at, go to bed at 8 p.m., you know, regardless of what happens, you know, he would try to fight back because he wants choices because he always wants to feel like he's in control. But if I tell him that, listen, bedtime is 10 p.m., you have the, um, you have the choice to go whenever you want. You get that? Just because I've added that there, he feels like he is in control. You switched, of his you switched the of way his you said it. Thank you. You see that? Very easy oh. technique. I just switched the way I said it, you know? And everything I think that's changes. so valuable. Yeah. It do, you know, it's like for me, like I'm a business owner and let's say I'm working with different people and I'm used to communicating like in my own way of how I communicate. And like if other people don't understand me, I get frustrated with myself because I'm like, oh, I'm a bad communicator, but maybe I'm just not communicating in the right way that fits their personality. So I just have to be aware of who they are and their personality. And then that will help me to switch the way that I say things so that they better understand and they respond better. That is very correct. That is very, very correct. As a matter of fact, I was um, given a, a talk, this presentation somewhere in the and it was actually a pastor at the church said, I had a friend that I would get on the phone with and he would want to just get off the phone as soon as possible. I thought he hated me. But now I realize that it's a deep personality. The deep personality, they don't like 
small talk. They don't like staying on the phone for too long. And they come across as being very short, and but they're not doing it intentionally. So if you understand that this person is just wired this way, they are not doing anything because of what you are doing, you will go home and you'll feel peaceful. And I'll give you a typical example if we have if we have time, because I say I help yeah. people erase walls, erect a base of false assumptions. I was working in a city called Lansing, and I stopped at a gas station to get water on my way home. When I walked into that gas station, it was a guy, a tall, um, white, um, Caucasian guy behind the register. He didn't even engage me. He walked straight to the back, grabbed something, came back. I had my stuff ready to go. He just started ringing the register, did not even engage me, did not say hi. I realized I made a mistake, you know, and I had to change um, something that he already wrote. When I told him, oh, my God, you know, you could see he just sighed. And when I brought the right thing, he yanked it from my hand and just kept going, right? I can tell you by then a couple of people were already behind me and there was somebody behind me. I knew exactly what she was thinking because now, you know, look at me. I am a lady, um, a black lady with an accent. And then I'm, I'm talking to, to, to a Caucasian male, you know, who is not engaging me, who is showing, giving me all the attitudes that you would think that, oh my goodness, you know, anybody that was there would have thought, oh, maybe this guy is a chauvinist. He's doing this because she is a woman or better still, maybe he's a racist. Those walls would have been erected immediately. But guess what? The moment he yanked it for me, I just turned and I said, oh, that wasn't too nice. All of a sudden he went, hey, you know, that just yeah. activated his prefrontal cortex. To me, I knew that this guy was either a D personality, a very tax-oriented personality, either high D and with a C added to it. And so it was not about me being a woman. It wasn't about me being an African-American. It was about him being so focused on the task ahead of him and thinking of what is in there for him. Maybe he was looking for putting in his hours so he could get his paycheck at the end of the day, or he had something else to do. So right. you see right there, I knew that he was a deep personality. And when I told him, hey, that wasn't too nice, that is a way to kind of like tap a D on the back to bring them back to self-awareness. But now the other thing is I wasn't expecting him to say, oh, I'm sorry. They don't do that. If they have to say sorry, they'll say, right. sorry, but you did that to me too. But you see, when I left there, I was smiling instead. Instead of going home and calling maybe my friend said, oh, you won't believe who I saw. Imagine how he treated me, you know. Because of that, I myself, I was not stressed out, you know, because I understood him from an interpersonal standpoint. He was just a very tax-oriented person, a high-D personality possible. And because I was able to read his language really fast within, you know, um, within seconds, so and so so it's the C and the I and the S. So okay, that's so. so I want to talk about self awareness because I think that this is such an interesting way to go about it. And obviously, self awareness has everything to do with leadership. From what we're talking about, and too many of us are just we just we're not self aware. We would be that person, you know, that would go home and be like, oh, that person, you know didn't like me because of this, or there was this wrong with them, or they thought this of me, and then we'd be stressed. But like, if we look at it differently, and we can train our own minds to look at it differently, I mean, it just changes the entire situation. So, you know, and maybe people don't understand how to become self-aware. So how can we become self-aware? What is the, the simplest way to become self-aware? So the simplest way to become self-aware is, first of all, knowing ourselves. 
So for me, what I encourage people to do first, because you say knowing yourself, you know, who am I? Right. You know, so the this personality is a very good tool that I use for people to be self-aware because it portrays who you are. And it is not wrong or right. You are not, it, it's non-judgmental. It is observable. It is silent. So it is telling you, you know, how you do the things you do. And now when you realize that you are somebody that maybe you are a little bit more talkative, you know, now you realize that you are wired this way. And if you are talkative and you're getting into a meeting where you know that you're required to listen more because you want to create a good first impression or you're going to be talking maybe to an S or a D personality. So, for example, in life now, whether we like it or not, we are salespeople, we are continuously selling. We don't have to be at a dealership selling a car. We are continuously selling our ideas, selling our products, selling our thoughts, our concept. And guess what? People like buying from people that are like them or they buy from people or they, they want to sell to people that are like them. So now, if I am self-aware, when I am self-aware and I know that I'm a little bit more talkative than the group of people that I'm going to be meeting, what do I do? I become intentional. And I have a technique that I always teach during my workshop, uh, a five-second technique that can help you reverse a negative pattern because you know, well, right here I'm talkative and the group of people or the person I'm going to be meeting would not really appreciate that. I want to be able to adapt and blend in. So you apply that technique. But here, this your talkative nature might not be good with this person and at this materialistic moment. It does not mean that it is bad because you might go out there and you meet a, a C personality, even though they are laid back and quiet, they like to interact with S um, I personalities that are outgoing. And when you go there, you let that side of you just flourish, okay? So... It's about you knowing yourself and understanding mm -hmm. your blind spot. And what is it that you can do in a specific situation to, 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 to break rapport with people? Because your goal is constantly to build rapport, to communicate effectively. So self-awareness is right. really very important. The dispersonality too, which I, is something that I administer during, you know, when I have workshops, it really opens the eyes of people to begin to understand all of this and then now when you're self-aware you're able to build rapport with somebody of a different personality because how you communicate with them now will be different and how you communicate with somebody that maybe is a d or i or s personality is totally different so self-awareness is something that is really really very critical why because if you don't know who you are how are you going to give yourself to people when you don't even understand yourself I think that's such a good and valid point. And I think that it's real. I think that it's important because you don't have to change who you are. You can still keep your unique qualities, but it's all about understanding how to adjust more to get what you want, not to get what you want, but to also relate to people and to build better relationships. I mean, if you, you can understand them, then you, you get further, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, it's, it's learning that it's not, changing who you are but it, it's just adapting to other people and if you can understand who you are and embrace who you are then you'll be able to better understand other people like I just said right that's very correct you you you, you really nailed it but now we're not seeing it that way in this age where we are people 
right it's it's, it's just still like we, we we've lost touch of that and we feel that is how much we say how much we know they say success now in life only four to ten percent depends on our iq 85 to 90 percent depends on how we relate to each other so now the right brain functioning now comes into play so like for pharmacists and physicians i always use this example there are many pharmacies even banks there are many banks out there so when somebody walks into your bank and they get a bad experience you know they can go across the street and go to another bank you know and if they have a good experience right. that's where they're going to stay so the this is a new competitive edge in everything we do now you know being able to relate to each other in ways that um people don't even know that they can be related to for the goal should always be a win-win interaction i I think that's so interesting. I think these are such good tips that we can all apply to our lives, whether we're, you know, we own a business or we're, you know, just working for another company or just in our own life so that we can build better relationships and communicate better. And I think that this has been really inspiring. And I, I hope that everybody checks out your, your workshop. And I, first of all, just, I have to thank you for coming on the, she did a podcast. This has been so, it's so insightful and a topic that's discussed a lot. People talk about leadership a lot, but you're coming at it from a different angle, which that's where the value is really coming from because people talk about leadership, but they don't talk about being self-aware. They don't talk about adjusting to other people's personalities. They talk about motivating people, which is what you said originally. They talk about, you know, they kind of group everybody as one. And the fact that you're breaking it down and breaking down different personalities can help people to better, you know, to get further in life and to be able to achieve what they want and feel fulfilled and not feel stressed or take things personally. And, and I think that that's so powerful right there, everything that you've just said. And you totally nailed this entire thing. You are doing amazing things in this world. And I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes. But Dr. Lisa, why don't you share with everyone where they can find you for those people who don't check the show notes? <laughs> Okay, so um, to find me, just visit my website, www.lisaecoli.com. From there, you'll find a link to my LinkedIn page and to my Twitter page. And um, I'm having a promotion coming up for like a free one-hour presentation um, just to, you know, that will be tailored towards your organization because this is applicable to marriages, you know. I mean, I have examples of couples that, literally separated divorce because they never understood themselves not to talk about how parents raise kids and just grouping them all as kids not realizing that their kids are all unique and um bottom line is organizations that apply these realize return on investment money is being saved conflict is being eliminated competition um, communication is enhanced um employee engagement is up there and um, turnover rate is lower and the whole atmosphere is better. I mean, I use my career and my life as a, as a big testament to this. So, I mean, you know, call me. My, my, all my information is on my website. Reach out to me. Shoot me an email if you are interested in a free one-hour presentation to see whether this will be a good fit for your organization. I speak at churches. I speak in literally every organization. I have a message for them regarding collaborative relational intelligence. And I guarantee you, nobody ever sits in my presentation or in my workshop and goes back the same. It's a guarantee. So thank I'm, you so much. I mean, I'm inspired right now. 
amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so inspired and I'm definitely going to apply this to my life and, and I hope everybody listening does as well. So thank you so much again. Thank you. It's a pleasure speaking with you.